Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business is People podcast. Welcome back, Joe. Uh, very excited to talk about today's topic. It's relevant to everyone. We got a chance to firsthand experience this with you and your team when you were helping us with customer-focused selling. And the question today is, how do you identify whether or not people have sales DNA? So let's mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit. Like, wh- what is sales DNA? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to talk to that. Thanks for having me back, Tom. Um, so when we take a step back and think about uh, selling, right? Um, there are two things that I'd like to explore. Today, the focus is really going to be on one of those, which is sales DNA. The other is sales skills, right? Which we'll get to at a, I think, in a next installment. But when we think about selling DNA, we think about the word comfort, right? And when we talk about comfort, we really want to explore what parts of the sales process or the you know, the actual doing of the selling are comfortable for people and then where do they need to stretch, right? Um, So we uh, use tools, as you know, to help our clients measure sales DNA. Uh, So predictive index behavioral assessment gives us insights into, uh, from a sales perspective, what comes natural and where do people need to stretch? And uh, to give you a practical example, right? asking tough questions. Well, asking tough questions in the comfort level with it is the byproduct of having typically higher dominance. So someone that's got more uh, confidence in themselves, someone that's a little bolder by nature, they're more competitive and more driven. And then having also lower formality, meaning someone who's more comfortable with vague, they're more comfortable with big picture, right? They're not as concerned about Uh, every little step along the way, they're more concerned with the end goal, right? And so people that have that combination of behavioral drives and needs tend to be more physically comfortable with asking difficult questions. It's not about their intelligence. It's not about their subject expertise. It's not that they're not prepared, right? It just feels more comfortable to do that when you have those behavioral characteristics. And so when we think about selling DNA, We're trying to help people understand what they should expect from their salespeople in terms of comfort and then where they're going to have to help them develop some skills or modify that behavior to meet the needs of their sales program. When you're talking to sales leaders or VP of sales and they're trying to obviously support the different types of DNAs within their team, what what are the most common that you're seeing that you feel, I mean, I guess when you say success, right, it's basically, it's results at the end of the day, right? Sure. So um, what do you feel the DNAs that show uh, uh, success, that come from a successful salesperson? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's hard to answer um, through the lens of every sales process and every sales model. It's got its own unique characteristics, right? But some of the common threads, especially common threads that were revealed and uncovered last year when everyone was forced into a different kind of selling environment. Um, Number one is prospecting. And what happened last year, right, was a lot of sales leaders found out very quickly who is built to prospect 
and who doesn't enjoy it very much. Uh, because the buyer went from being largely in the um, in the disadvantaged section of the column to the advantage section of the column, right? Uh, last year was all about pivoting to the changing needs of the buyer. And so <clears throat> people who are built to go out and attract prospects, uh, people who are built to go out and create high volume of new meetings with new prospects, uh, people who are built to create strong calls to action to capture the mind share of new prospects and were physically comfortable doing that work, really thrived in terms of their ability to create new pipeline for their company. Um, folks who were more comfortable meeting with the same clients, right? Or who were more comfortable when lead flow came to them and they could react and respond to that really struggled last year. Um, and that was driven by several factors, right? A less robust economy, a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace, pivoting needs and demands of the buyer. But the biggest consistent trait we are starting to see emerge in this kind of economy 2.0 in folks who are really set up for success are those who are built to prospect and those who are built to go out and create new at-bats for their company. The... Now, from the sales manager standpoint, that's that's one thing, right? Talking to the salespeople themselves, you know, that's I think that's that's a better lens of like reality sometimes, Joe. So, what are you hearing? What are you seeing from these folks? Um, from from you know the, these SDRs, BDRs, you know these these AEs. Yeah. So the ones that are more comfortable in this environment, for them, it's it's more about helping them hone you know, their messaging, it's about helping them, you know, continuing to find compelling calls to action, right? So they're not going back to the same well, the same prospecting style or the same prospecting message, right? For those who are less comfortable with it, it's really going back to basics and, and making it a math problem, right? Because for folks that are less comfortable with prospecting, um, to support them and to help them, you really need to give them an idea of what will happen if they don't prospect, right? What can they expect in terms of volume of new opportunities coming through the door? What percentage of those are they most likely to convert? Um, and helping them plan more and get ahead of, you know, big gaps and renewals or looking at their pipeline and really digging in and saying, hey, you've got X number of opportunities in here. What percentage do you really think is going to close, right? Tell me what it's going to take for you to create five new conversations this week. You have to really have your finger on the pulse talking to these sales reps of what is it going to take? What kind of energy level is it going to take for them to create a certain number of new at-bats, but also paint the picture for them of if they don't, what kind of corner they're backing themselves into because when they can't expect that leads to come to them, they have to get outside their comfort zone, but you can't just, you know, scare them into submission, right? You've got to have a very thoughtful conversation with them around, okay, let's look at this from a planning perspective, right? What kind of plan do you have to have in place? That's usually a better starting point for folks who are less comfortable prospecting. 
Now, prospecting is definitely a discipline, I feel. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's motivation, there's discipline, but I think a lot of it is mindset, right? Because, I mean, I, I have salespeople as well, and then you're always trying to figure out, you know, what are what's going to motivate this person to, to, what's their hot button, what's their driver for why they're doing this? You know, what type of mindset or, or tips that you can give to help salespeople be in the right mindset, Joe? Yeah, it's a reminder that sales is a contact sport, right? Sales is in so many ways about creating enough conversations with people who you can solve problems for so that even if a much smaller number of those than you would expect convert, you're still going to be happy with the results, right? At the end of a given period of time. So the mindset has to be having your antenna constantly up for what does the front end of my pipeline look like, right? How many new conversations did I have this week with people who I can help? How many, um, how many opportunities did I give myself and my organization by being proactive, right? By going out and trying to find people who I can help and get their attention as opposed to waiting for them to come to me. To me, that's the biggest part of the mindset is um, looking at your activity and saying, how much of my activity, what percentage of my activity created new opportunities for us to go in and do that investigative work to figure out, right, what types of problems they're having and how we can solve them. I think every day, a high-performing salesperson, they have to be hungry. They got to be hungry, meaning like they're never settled, right? They're, they're, they want more, more and more. They have to have the, the like you're saying before, like you really got to be able to calculate your numbers and understand your numbers. Like how many, if you know that you're closing 10% of deals and right. you have a goal, you can work backwards, right? So whatever your revenue goal is, you work backwards. Well, how many in the top of the funnel? If I get a hundred you know, prospects in the top of the funnel who are having conversations with me and I close 10% of those, that's 10 you know, and you figure out what's your average sale, you figure that out. So you got to be hungry to keep filling that, that top of the funnel, but you can't just settle, right? It's like those that are hungry, those are high performers and higher achievers. They, they're just getting as much as they can. And they're, they're going on like, like you, you use the analogy of an athlete that relentless mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, Michael Jordan, right. Hitting free throw shots, thousands of free throw shots when everyone else is gone, he's still there. Mm-hmm. Like that's how hungry he was to be a top performer. And I think that's the mindset that the salespeople need to have. They have to be this high-performing athlete um, who, yeah. who's always looking to push themselves to be better. No, 100%. And hearing you talk through that, it's a great analogy. Um, it's about putting yourself in a position where you're going to have an opportunity uh, and becoming really comfortable with failure and learning from failure, right? Even as a you – know, even the best salespeople – they evolve, right? They, they have things that they go to. They have disciplines and habits that are always going to be in place, right? And when we get into that sales skill conversation, which you and I can go really deep on because, you know, we both have spent a lot of time uh, in, in investing in the sales process. Um, those disciplines that people develop, right? There are certain ones that you never want to uh, stop doing. There are others that you need to evolve. You know, I'll give you a good example. Um, 
as I have uh, grown my business and as folks on my team have grown our business, we've had to become much better at leveraging social media as a part of the way we prospect for new opportunities. Five years ago, I was very comfortable using some of the raw tools out there like email and the phone. And as I've, as my clients' buying needs have evolved, I've noticed that I've had to use other parts of social to capture their attention, even texting, right? I was so uncomfortable three, four years ago using text message. And now I find myself texting with my clients all the time, even clients that, or prospects that I'm trying to move from one stage of the sales process to another, right? We've talked about using video, like technology like Loom, right? Um, we've talked about using uh, thoughtful LinkedIn content. And, and it's the amalgamation of those things. It's not a this or that thing. You have to touch people um, in their interest in you as a potential business partner from multiple angles, right? You have to capture their mind share in social. You have to capture their mind share on email. You have to capture their mind share still sometimes with the phone or even something like text. And so I think it's a combination of doing what's working, right? To the Michael Jordan example, he's always going to have to hit free throws at the end of the game, right? Kobe always had to hit free throws at the end of the game, right? Tiger Woods always had to be unbelievable around the green from 50 yards in. But you have to evolve the way you get to the green. You have to evolve the way you get to the line. You have to evolve the way you manage the game. And so we've had to evolve the way we've managed the journey of converting someone from a lead to a prospect, right? Which I would define as someone who doesn't know who you are to someone who's engaged with you in a thoughtful conversation about their business problems. And so I think those two things combined are what are making that sales athlete, right, that um, that competitor really shine in a more challenging environment. Yeah, you, you have to be willing to evolve, transition, enhance, push yourself to try new techniques because to always be high performing, there's always new skills to learn, right? You can't do what was working five years ago, 10 years ago. It might have been what you was working, but things have changed. And I think it's kind of like the survival of the fittest. Like you see the, the, the progression and evolution of these high-performing salespeople because they're adapting, they're embracing it, they're pushing themselves to be uncomfortable. So like that's you know, the mindset and, and the true DNA of a really high-performing salesperson is that person that can, can adapt at the end of the day and, and evolve. Um, and it's never going to stop, right? And, and I, so you know, this, this is really great great, great content here. And we, we'll, I know we'll dive deeper as we transition to talk more about the right skills you need mm -hmm. uh, to, to be a, a salesperson that's going to crush it. So um, any final words here, Joe? Um, you know, I, I think we covered a lot today, but any other, other tidbits that you'd like to share? No, I, I think um, the last thing I'll say about kind of sales DNA is you're going to find successful salespeople that have what you would kind of on paper look at and go, well, that might be the less than optimal sales DNA, especially if you use tools like PI and you kind of take an X-ray of your current sales organization. And you want to make sure to um, express some gratitude toward the people who have become really successful at selling that don't have that optimal sales DNA, because that means they really are self-aware. They've become disciplined and students of selling and they have to exert a lot of energy day to day, but if they enjoy it, 
and they find, you know, satisfaction in the work and they're continuing to be a top performer, you want to keep them there, right? Because they're always at risk of burnout too. So for a number of reasons, I could not possibly uh, encourage people more to invest a little bit of time into some tools like PI, right? That will help you take a snapshot of your current sales org because the, the sooner you get your finger on the pulse of the sales DNA of your organization, the more prepared you'll be for that next pivot, right? The better sales leader and sales coach you'll be. Um, and it's obviously a, a big passion of mine. It's something I feel very strongly about. I've seen uh, my clients experience so much success by just adding a little bit of data and insight into the DNA of their sales team. And it always gets them where they want to go faster and they have a happier, more motivated, energized sales team uh, to get there with. Yeah. The tool is unbelievable for folks who haven't got a chance to even check it out. Predictive index, you know, call it PI is it's always evolving. It's been unbelievable for even our own sales team and other folks who've used it too, to uncover, uh, you know, these gaps and then leveraging opportunities and strengths, but also strength, strengthening those weaknesses, Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you can uncover those DNAs, but also the skill sets that will jump in in our next our next meeting together. Yeah, that's so. the other side of the coin, and I can't wait to <laughs> explore that with you in our next installment. Tom, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure as always. Likewise. All right, we'll go out there and crush it. Uh, thanks, we'll catch you. up with you guys later. All right, sounds good. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at inthinkagency.com or message me on LinkedIn. Join the community and continue the conversation with myself and our experts in the Business is People Slack workspace.